Good morning, my name is Megan Bader. Today we will be reading from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. If you are using our Pew Bibles, it is on page 1088. I'll give you a moment to get there. Once you're there, say it's all about Jesus. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning again, Westside. Happy New Year to you. Whoa, you guys were stayed up late last night, I guess, right? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, man. Hey, let me uh, commend you. This is, uh, I love the way that the calendar has fallen this year, that for Christmas we got to gather together, and then for New Year's Day, uh, January 1st, the first day of a new year, falls on the Lord's Day. And I just want to commend you for coming and being here today, bringing your kids, bringing your family to come and start the year with worshiping Jesus. So good job for you. Extra bonus points in heaven, okay? Right? It's in the back of the book somewhere, I'm sure, okay? But listen, it is the start of a new year, and I know there's many goals there's many plans, resolutions, all kinds of stuff. I think those things are great. They're fantastic. They provide a focus. One of my favorite quotes comes from a guy by the name of Dr. Davenport in the 1800s. And he says this, Good habits are not made on birthdays, nor Christian character at the new year. The workshop of character is everyday life. The uneventful and commonplace hour is where the battle is lost or won. I love that. That's, that's a reality. I, I love the goals. I love the excitement. I love the energy. But what I'm for today and the whole goal today is, is sustainability. How do we um, consistently position ourselves in our life to be molded and to be shaped by God into the image of his son? 
And, and maybe just as a way of illustration, this will help. I love the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. I'm a full-fledged nerd. I love all the reviews. I love the top movies of the year, the most books, um, the most you know YouTube video, all of that type of stuff. I love all of those things. And one of the things that I live for and love for um, is the Oxford English Dictionary always puts out their word of the year. Okay, so listen, I know some of you guys lift weights, some of you guys hunt deer. I read the Oxford English Dictionary, okay? All right? And um, it's always kind of monumental because it's, it's sort of a view of the culture. I mean, this is the oldest and by far the most uh, premier dictionary, and they always release it every year. And this year, from 2022, the Oxford English Dictionary's word of the year is... Goblin mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, n- number one, isn't that two words, <laughs> right? That's two, right? Technically, the scholars say that the way it's used, it's one word or whatever like that. But they kind of switched it and they allowed people to do the, the survey. It's like the people's choice. And I'm like, don't ever let people choose. People are crazy, okay? Right? But here's what goblin mode means. It's a slang term often used in the expression um, in goblin mode or to goblin mode is a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, or greedy, typically in the way that reflects social norms or expectations. For example, I went real goblin mode last night at 2 a.m. when I went in the kitchen and ate the entire pizza, okay? That's goblin mode. Woo-hoo, right? Um, The word of the year reflects lazy greedy self-indulgence. So I was like, well, goodness gracious, um, you know, Oxford English Dictionary, I don't like that one. Let's go to Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster's word of the year has got to be great, right? Um, Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2022 is gaslighting. (laughs) I mean, like, I am going, and every time I click, I'm like getting more depressed each time. Goblin mode, gaslighting, okay, awesome. So I went to the upper echelons, the global language monitor. Like this is a real thing, and through social media and stuff like that, it's actually become a lot easier to determine what are the common words and what has been a spike in the usage of a word sort of throughout the world, through social media, internet, Google, all of that stuff. Um, The Global Languages Monitor said by far the most used word of 2022 is denier. Someone who constantly and consistently denies. Guys, these are the three words, okay? Goblin mode, which I'll go to my grave saying is two words, by the way, okay? Goblin mode gaslighting and denier are the top words most used this that and the other um why is this important why why do we study stuff like that and why do we look like that at things like that um and the reason why is a statement that has become very commonplace here and it's something i said a number of years ago that still holds true today and it's this words create worlds Words create worlds. 
And if you want to understand the power of words, you can just do a glossary reading of the scriptures and understand when Jesus says things like, um, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words are a window into our hearts. Whatever fills us spills out of us. And it's sort of become a, a commonplace practice that at the first of the year to sort of grab onto a word to help focus you and direct you and be sort of a summary statement for the year. Sort of something that is all-encompassing. And that's something that we've done over the past couple of years. And it's been very, very helpful. Last year, our word was focus and to focus in on what God has for us. And as I surveyed the most common words and then knew we were coming into the first of the year and that words create worlds, a few months back, we walked through as a congregation the book of Colossians. And um, there was sort of a sentence and, and particularly a word that, that just jumped out at me as we were studying it. And, and we closed that series out. We did every word in the book of Colossians. And I just, I haven't let go of it. It's, it. It seems to be that it's something that the Lord would have for us. And what's great is Colossians chapter 3 is all about new I mean, Colossians chapter 3 is a chapter that you would want to study at the first of the year. Because this is what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 9. He says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And now here it is. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I mean, I mean, this is a great verse at the start of the year. Putting away old things and an old self. Paul is saying in the book of Colossians that God is doing something new in Jesus. And anybody that's in Jesus is a new person. And the old person, this is a great spot for an amen. You ready for this? The old person doesn't exist anymore. Amen. But that's something we actively have to put off. But we don't just put off. It's not just negative. It's not just what we're against. It's also what we're for. So we put some things off, but then we put on the new, the new person. That God is making us into a new person every single day. But here's the key. This new person that we put on is being made new, renewed, here it is, in knowledge of the creator. In knowledge of the creator. And so um, if, you're, if you read and, and you ask questions, which I encourage you to do, that's the way we learn. We should ask this question. This is great. God is making me into a new person. What is the basis of me being made into a new person? Well, it's the knowledge of the creator. So there's something I need to know about this God who's making me into a new person. I can find more out about what God wants to do in my life by knowing who God is. And so then that sort of proposes another question. Where do we get this knowledge from? Where is this knowledge at? 
If this knowledge renews me and changes me, where do I get it? Sign me up for the mailing list. I want to be on that. Well, if you jump down a few verses, in verse 16, he says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts towards God. This is the phrase, and this is the sentence that almost six months ago has not left my spirit. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The knowledge comes from the word of Christ, or a better translation is the words about Christ, which is the scriptures, which is God's word. And then the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says to let this word dwell in us richly. The word dwell, when I read it and studied it, just jumped out at the page. I just thought, dwell, what a great word. Like, it was almost as if God was writing it, right? It was like, don't just, um, don't just let it soak. Don't, there, there's all kinds of other synonyms for this, but he chose the word dwell. I looked up all the other translations, and the word dwell is there. It's all the other translations try to rearrange the words, but the word dwell is there. Um, for the two of you who care, this is what the word dwell looks like in the original language. In the keo, and it's only used five times in the entire New Testament. Five times. That's pretty significant. Um, the word literally uh, means to inhabit, to live in. Here it is. To make your home in, to dwell, to linger, to abide, to find and to make your home in. One of the other places that it's used is used in Romans chapter 8 verse 11 when the Apostle Paul says this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the same word that the same writer, the Apostle Paul, uses to describe how the Holy Spirit of God, the third member of the Trinity, very God from God, very light from light, lives in believers. That the Spirit of God dwells, or the Spirit of God has made his home in us. I love the way that the Oxford English Dictionary defines it. Dwell, to remain as in a permanent residence, to have one's abode. 
I love the word abode. We don't talk like that anymore. Where are you going? I'm going to my abode, right? You'd be like, where are you from? You're not from around here, are you, right? You know, but the, that homey feeling, think about what home is or what home should be. It's the place where we find rest. It's a safe place. Oftentimes in the hustle and bustle, and maybe you experienced it this past week from going here to this house, and we got this here at this house, and we got that, and maybe you turned to your spouse or you said to yourself, oh man, I just can't wait to get home. The Apostle Paul is saying that, that the word of God should be that place for us where we find the, the rest where, where we just can't wait to get back to the safe place where we draw energy from. When I looked up and was studying the word dwell, you got to forgive me. This is just the way my mind works. I need um, an illustration. I need to know that this is like this. And then a light bulb sort of comes on in my head. And when I was thinking about the word dwell and the Apostle Paul saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love that adjective, richly. Not just minimized, but maximized. I thought, do you remember um, back in the 90s, early 90s when I was a kid, um, you know, Michael Jordan ruled the world at the time. And, and Michael Jordan had this sponsorship deal with Gatorade. And, and there was this image that's just iconic. I remember it in Sports Illustrated. I remember it in the TV commercials, all of that. It's, it's this picture. It's a picture of Jordan, just his face. And then there's sweat all over his face. But the sweat is orange because Michael Jordan drank Gatorade. He drank Gatorade, he wore um, Hanes underwear, and he ate McDonald's all the time. And let me tell you something, I drank a lot of Gatorade. I wore a lot of Hanes underwear, that's a different story, right? And I've ate a lot of McDonald's, and I've never played like Michael Jordan, okay? But, but, but here's what the advertisement is, is, is trying to show us. That Michael Jordan drinks so much Gatorade that he is filled with so much Gatorade that when he sweats, what's in him literally just comes out of him in that moment. And then the tagline for Gatorade, do you guys remember this? The tagline was, is it in you? Ooh, man, right? Is it in you? And I know it might be a little bit cheesy. It's just the way my mind works. Please forgive. You might be way more scholarly than me and, and all of that, but dwell. If the Apostle Paul is writing to a New Testament church of Christians, and he's saying that God wants to make you new, God's into new, and that newness is based upon the knowledge of the creator. Not just for the sake of new, by the way. Um, th this is for free. This isn't even in my notes. It's not just about achieving the thing. It's not just about the goal or the resolution. It's about the God behind it. The end game and the sum goal, as the Westminster Confession of Faith said in the 1700s, what is the chief end of man? What is the point of mankind? And the chief end of man is to know God and to enjoy him forever. But the question to us is this, as a body of believers, 
does the word of God dwell in us? Does the word of God really dwell in us? And if you haven't picked it up by now by the giant poster board behind me and me saying the word dwell a thousand times, um, the word I feel that God has for our congregation for 2023 is the word dwell. I don't know about you, but I want to dwell with God. I want to linger with God. I want to just be in his presence. I want to know him. I don't want it rushed. I don't want it bite-sized to where I can... I want to dwell with God. As it was described of Moses, that Moses spoke to God as a man speaks to his friend. Man, I want that to be said of my life. I want that level of relationship to dwell with God. And so listen, here's the big idea. Here's what I believe God has for us in this new year, and it's this. Disciples are developed by dwelling in God's word. There is no shortcut. There is no other way around it. This is, I'm almost tempted to say, the only way... I I think it's the primary way that God develops disciples is by his disciples dwelling in his word. And you say, well, Pastor Jason, that's a strong statement. I mean, that's, you know, the only, the primary, that's a pretty strong statement. Well, um, Jesus actually said the same thing. Um, Jesus in John chapter 8 verses 31 through 32 says this to the Pharisees. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, you are truly my disciples, which reminds me of this. If Jesus said, you are truly my disciples, then that lets me know that there were people around Jesus who had the appearance of being disciples, but Jesus did not lay claim on them that they were truly his disciples. And from this verse, from logic would tell you that the dividing point, the watershed moment, the one thing that separates the true disciples from those who have the appearance of being a disciple is those who abide and dwell and linger and soak in his word. Listen, I believe in this day and age, in 2023, where our attention is fought for more than anything else, in the age when now secular music is so influenced by social media that the average song, listen to this, from just four years ago, the average song now is two minutes less than four years ago. Because on TikTok, you just need the 10 to 15 seconds. Everything now is bite-sized. And I think that we even approach discipleship and walking with Jesus that way. And I'm here to tell you 
that there is no way that we can survive and develop as disciples of Jesus Christ without learning to dwell and linger in his word. By the way, Paul is writing to an entire group of Christians, to a whole church here. Like, like, look at this description. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When I read that description, do you know what my prayer is? is that that would describe Westside. Is that we would be these people that let the word of God dwell in us so much. We're going to live and camp in Colossians 3.16 over these next couple of weeks because um, according to this verse, whatever fills God's people spills out of them. Notice the direct correlation of letting the word of God dwell in you richly. And then what's the primary mark? If you were to ask, if God's word dwells in you, how do we know that it dwells in you? Boom. You sing and teach and admonish one another. All of it, worship, almost explodes out of you. Because the word of God and the spirit of God are not opposed to each other. You can take this to the bank. Whatever the word of God is tied to, the spirit of God is invited to. The spirit of God is like a landing plane seeking where to land. And the landing pad for the spirit of God is the word of God. And so what would it look like for a congregation that dwells in the word of God so richly that, that fathers disciple their children and when their son is coming of age, they say, hey, we're going to take you, I want to have a conversation with you about what it means to be a man. And you see in Genesis, God made them male and female and this is what it is. What would it look like for a congregation of women to walk in the word and to understand what 1 Peter says is do not let your beauty be external, but let your beauty be the indwelling and the beauty inside your heart. And what it is to teach younger women to be what it is to be a woman who walks in the word. What would it be to be a congregation that when you're discipling one another and, and, and your friend or, or the person that's in your group says, oh man, I'm going through this and I'm dealing with this in my life. And the first response is not, well, man, you need to call a board member or man, you should call a staff member or man, you should, you know, call Pastor Jason. But what is it that we should teach one another and admonish one another through the word of God? What would Westside look like if in 2023 our aim was to dwell in God's word? 
I believe that's what God has for us. And that's what we're going to do. And you should have a question. How, Pastor Jason, are we going to achieve that? Well, there's one thing I think that we need to be very careful about. One of the things is this. The word dwell doesn't necessarily mean just information. Yes, there is knowledge of our creator. But, but listen, um, dwell doesn't just mean that you completed your Bible reading plan. And listen, praise be to God. Some of you have done that for the first time this year. And that, like, my pastor heart just jumps for joy at that, at that development and hunger for God's word. But dwell doesn't just mean checking the boxes. I would almost be just as glad if you didn't finish your Bible reading plan, but you dwelled in God's word this year. You see, there's a difference in informational reading and formational reading. You see, one of them is this is information that I need to consume and I am a robot and I will check the boxes and I can say that I read and I did it. It's not just highlighting verses, but it's letting verses highlight you. It's not just getting into the word of God, but the God of the word getting inside of you. This is the difference in between informational and formational reading. Informational reading is quick reading to cover as much as possible. Formative reading is living in the same text for a period of time. Informational reading is linear reading. It acquires knowledge. And, and it's all about personal position and change the world to our way of functioning. I'm going to change things around me. But formational reading is multi-layered with the depth that changes us and our quality of being. Informational reading is the master of the word and that we are to control it and we know what this does. But formational reading is, I'm a servant of the word. I'm here to receive this. Informational reading is manipulative to the text for our own intentions. You see, you see, God didn't actually, no, Jesus right there in Matthew 5, when he was talking about that pastor, he didn't say, um, tender is not anywhere in the Bible, pastor. And so, see, because the word's not there, see, you're approaching that already with a skeptic mindset of how can I make this say what I want it to say? But formational reading is formed and transformed by what the text says. In black and white, what does it say? Informational reading, lastly, is problem solving and an instruction manual. I'll never forget being in a youth event one time and this guy was teaching a, a room full of kids and he said, this is your Bible. And he said, do you see B-I-B-L-E right there? Do you know what that stands for? It stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And I was like, I'm about to snatch the microphone right here at this event. I'm going to bomb this entire event right now. That's, not, that's an escapist mindset. That's not what this is. It's not just problem solving. Listen, we're open to the God of mystery addressing us. This is what formational reading is. This is slow. By the way, this is difficult. And right now, what's hard for me when I preach sermons like this 
is I know that I'm not just sinking with everybody in the room. But I trust in God that those who have a desire to be formed into disciples, that deep cries out to deep. So how are we going to do this? Listen, there's three words. There's three words that are going to teach us how to dwell. And, and this is what we're going to spend our time on at the first of the year. The three M's of dwelling in God's word. It's right there in the text. The first thing is this, to meditate. Dwell, to soak in. That type of reading over and over and over. This is probably a good illustration. Um, there was a time well over a decade ago that I walked in to the Donovan High School basketball gym and that moment changed my life forever. Um, because as I walked in and sat down in the bleachers, I watched a group of girls walk in. And in particular, I watched one walk in. And I was like, who that be right there? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I did the brave, just manly thing that anybody would do is I sent somebody else to go talk to her. <laughs> right? Don't knock the hustle, man, okay? And we exchanged information and then added each other on Facebook. And oh my, there was a time in my life where I would be out and about, be driving home, and I would go, I got to check Facebook. I got to check, see if I got a message from somebody. And I would go, oh, there's a message. There it is right there. I'd read that message. I would reread that message. I would read that message backwards again. And I would be like, there was an exclamation mark in that, right? I mean, you're just, I mean, you're just living everything, man. You're living in that. What would it be if we read God's word that way? Why is there this there? Why is behold there? Why is God in this passage constantly saying, I will, I will, I will, I will? That's what it is to meditate, to linger in God's word. The second word is this, to memorize. This is where my conviction stands heavily for us in this new year. Not just to dwell, but to dwell in you richly. In you, inside of you. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ and discipleship over the past two decades has lost this spiritual discipline more than any other. When it comes to the old school, listen, I'm talking, call me a fundamentalist. I'm trying to put the fun back in fundamentalism, okay? I'm talking old school Bible memory where you got the note cards and you're singing the songs and you're doing all of that because it needs to get in you. Why does it need to get in you? Here's why. Because when you're sitting in the emergency room and you don't have your Bible, what's going through your mind? What goes through your mind when you get the phone call? What goes through your mind when you're praying over those babies? You see, it's got to be in us because whatever is in us spills out of us. And there is something powerful when the word of God gets into not only our head, but also our hearts as well. It's to meditate and linger on it. It's to memorize and get it inside of us. But the last thing is this. It's, it's to meditate, memorize, and then mobilize. 
And here's what I mean by this. Did you notice the one another's in the text? It wasn't like um, memorize the Bible so then you can get a star on your sash and then you can do the Bible drill and you can get all this information, 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 information. Do you know what? I strongly believe, that. listen to this, that the last thing you need in your life in 2023 is another Bible study. I believe what you need is you need to apply what you already know. And I believe sometimes our desire for information is actually our manipulation to delay obedience. Well, I don't really know and I need to study more. What I mean by mobilize is applying what we are meditating and memorizing in our hearts and minds. But here's where we need to be careful. We can do all of this. And this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to get God's word in us. But we need to be very careful because we can set out to do this and we can meditate, memorize, and mobilize and end up just becoming little Pharisees. Did you know that the Pharisees had the first five books of the Bible memorized? The books. That includes Leviticus. That's where you give up every year in your Bible reading plan. They had it memorized. They would wear it on their clothes, all types of things. And then Jesus has a statement of indictment when he says this. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You, you idol, listen, we don't idolize the scriptures here. We don't idolize the scriptures. We love the word of God because it points us to the son of God. Listen, here's what I'm trying to say. When we read our Bible, it doesn't make God love us anymore. But when we read our Bible, it does make us love God more. That's the difference. That's what we're going for to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. So in closing, here's something that I want to show us. On your way out today, you are going to get this little note card. There is an app that's called the Dwell Bible app. When you get this note card, it's got a QR code on it. It gives you all the information. Follow it step by step. You'll open up your little camera. You'll you'll shine it at this. I don't know how it works. That's witchcraft and demonic, okay? I have no idea how that works, all right? But you do your little camera on this square, boom. You're going to get the Dwell app on your phone. But here's what's cool about it. We have a customizable link, and the church has provided two months free of charge to you. And what this app does is we will all be memorizing the same verses at the same time, and the same way. Listen, this app will read the Bible to you. It'll send you push notifications. I mean, listen, I don't know what else to do to set us up so the word of God can get in us richly this year in 2023. And if this is something that ends up working so well for you, you can renew that personally. But this is something that we're all going to be doing together.
So for you as uh, heads of households and families and singles or whatever, get this whenever you leave today so we can start this journey together. But there was one thing that I did that I have never done before. I really, um, I really felt led for us to ask God together to give us the desire. Like, God, give us the desire, man. We know we're sinful. We know the flesh. And, and some of you already have excuses. Memorize. I can't, I can't memorize the Bible. But you can tell me who pitched for the Cardinals in 1962. Okay? Don't give me that. All right? What we need is a greater desire for his word. We need to ask for it. And so this week, I just, I've never done this before. I just wrote us a corporate prayer. Just a blank sheet there at my desk this week and just asking God. You got that prayer whenever you came in. Keep that. Read that every morning before you read the scriptures. But here's what I want to do. I want you to stand right where you're at. And I want us to say this prayer out loud together. I want this to be the moment where it starts for us, where we ask God to give us the desire to get into his word. So Westside, lift your voices and let us read this out loud together. Almighty God, we thank you for your word. You are not silent. You speak to us through the holy scriptures. We confess that we have become deaf to your voice. We confess that we have not found a home in your word and your word has not found its home in us. We ask God that you would give us a ferocious appetite for your word. We ask that you would give us a home in your word and your word would find its home in us. Heavenly Father, Give us the sustaining grace needed to persevere in your word. Mold us, form us, and shape us through the chisel of the scriptures. May this new year you dwell with us and we dwell with you through your word. Heavenly Father God, we come before you today and we are asking that that word dwell would be seared in our hearts and minds. That God, we want to dwell with you. I'm reminded of what you told the people of Israel. You said, go into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And Moses, your servant, said, is not your presence among us what makes us distinct in the whole world? God, you dwelling with us is the game changer. It is the deciding factor. And the doorway for us to walk through to dwell with you is walking through the doorway of dwelling in your word. So God, I pray right now that this is a moment that your spirit is like a seed in our hearts. And on January 1st, 2023, a seed is planted and it grows and it's watered through obedience and your spirit. And God, we look back months from now we see a people that are molded and formed and shaped by your word. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. We pray this all in the holy and in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're a baptized follower.